Welcome to the Golden Ghouls podcast. We are the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and I think we're ready to get spooky. So here we are, episode four, for anyone who's missing those lovely intro jingles. Kylie's got something explaining to do. Well, we've got something coming. Yeah. Hopefully by the next episode. We hope. Yeah, we'll see. This is episode four, yeah? Mm -hmm. It's four. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. We're four episodes old. We're going strong. We are. We really are. Today's episode was actually inspired in part by a story that we got from a friend of the show, Jess. Jessica. Yeah. Yeah? Jess. She's from Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, What up, Jess? Yeah. She's the best. (laughs) And she wrote us a little story about some some uh, spooky things that have happened to her over the past few years. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And she's been in Salem all her life? She grew up in Swampscott, which is right next to Salem. Swampscott? <laughs> Swampscott. Right next to Marblehead. They really have the names. They do. We do. There. <laughs> you know there's an intercourse in Pennsylvania. The Amish live there. Yes, they do. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, they've got it all. That is a good one. All right. Well, I think Emily is going to give us some some history, even though we know a little bit about Salem already, and then we'll do some ghosts, and then we'll hear Jess's story. I love it. I can't wait. And I love to share some history. I love history, personally. Forewarning for everybody's little ears, big ears, medium ears. Whatever size. Right. (laughs) Mine are huge. <laughs> I have big ears. <laughs> yeah. My, um, I have been sick lately, so I'm a little mucusy. I'm a little mm. nasally. I'm always nasally, but it's a little extra. Please forgive so, her. forgive me, and I'm sorry, hopefully. I think you sound great. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're welcome. I send just, positive vibes her way. Yeah, please. Just send them all here. Okay. So, Salem. Salem, Mass. Mm-hmm. You guys... Have y'all ever been? I know you have. <laughs> I actually haven't been yet, but you I would haven't? love to go. Oh my goodness, it's it's wonderful. We gotta go in the fall. I we have to. I want to yeah. go. Yeah, I went one time as a kid with my fam, but and it was unforgettable. It was unforgettable. I was like, I want to live here, uh. move here. Oh well, <laughs> okay. I thought I, my hocus pocus dreams were yes, really yes. alive back then. Yeah. So I would thought it was going to be more hocus pocusy, mm-hmm. but I mean it you know. I mean it's great in it's, spring, summer and fall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know. The we went in the summer. Good. So good. It was nice. She anyway, didn't freeze to the bone. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we learned a lot while we were there. And uh, I'm about to spill some tea. Are you ready? Tea? Salem tea. So some Salem tea. Salem was founded (laughs) in 1626, you guys. Great year. By this guy named Roger Conant. See, I knew I was going to get it wrong. I'm so bad at pronouncing names. But but you write it. I wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) I write it. You made it right. Okay. Conant. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So, Roger Conant and his group of immigrants from uh, Cape Ann. Which is where? I'm thinking, like, England. Guys, don't ask me. I just know Cape Ann. Well, the northern part of Massachusetts 
along the coast, which is where Salem and Beverly and Swampscott, that's called okay, so Cape Ann. That's, but again, yeah, they probably like they migrated from, down from Cape Ann. I think... I don't know. Roger Conant's established Salem. That's okay. all we're getting at. That's what's important here. 1626. It's, I think you're this right. This is There's when it happened. Probably a Cape they were Ann English. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Okay. Sorry. We're, I'm already so bad at history. You're good at history. Okay. So, the settlers moved there. They loved it. They they first named it Noamkeg. Noamkeg. Whatever that means. But they preferred to call it Salem because in Hebrew it meant peace. Oh. Hmm. How weird is that? Because hmm, uh, little did couple, they know. Right, a couple of years later. So shit be popping off. Right. So the settlers laid ground. They made a nice, comfortable. Some Puritans came in a couple years later. Mm-hmm. That all started up. And if we know about the Puritans, what would we call them? Like, conservative <laughs> I would agree with that conservative very conservative Protestant Catholics galore right accurate okay so they all moved in and England in 1629 was like it's looking great we're gonna recognize it <laughs> as its own as its own uh you know establishment yeah give it autonomy have some self-rule see y'all later mm-hmm. peace out figure it out mm-hmm. so they did they came up with their own laws they were like everybody was moving in like establishing grounds they formed their own little governments in town had some ministers come in mm. you know a necessity classic yeah, classic. yeah. so by let's see where where am I? So yeah, eventually the king's King William's war broke out. Uh, <laughs> you were there. I was. It was a heck of a day. <laughs> they right. wanted to rule us. I was like, nah. They did. Left. They did, and so this caused obviously chaos throughout all the colonies. Mm-hmm. The thirteen colonies, you know, they went crazy. They were like, what do we do? What do we do? Where do we go? So they all dispersed. People were crowding towns. This caused chaos. People mm-hmm. were getting mad at each other. It was just a bunch of tor- turmoil, you mm-hmm. know, during that period of time. And then on top of that in Salem, on top of the crowding and people were like, you know, bitching out their neighbors, Ugh. they hated their minister. <gasps> yeah. Why? The minister that came in, Samuel, Samuel Paris, Ugh. Reverend Samuel Paris. We know him. Yeah. Well, he came in. They weren't about it. He was, uh, he had, he had rigid ways, a greedy nature. So eventually, because everybody was just hating life in Salem, the Puritans were like, this must be the devil's work, you know? Like, what else could it be? It couldn't be people. Besides the devil. It couldn't just be people (laughs) pissed off, you know? No, it was the devil. So, um, by 1692... The Reverend Paris was still running running things, and uh, something was uh, stirring with his little daughter <gasps> in his own home. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Elizabeth Paris, age nine, and her cousin Abigail Williams, age 11, started having little fits 
and these like weird outbursts. As you do at nine and eleven. Yeah, True. but like <laughs> what? You know, the people are like, they're going crazy, mm. you know? But so they were screaming randomly, they were contorting into these different positions. That's weird. Girls just want to have fun. Honestly, <laughs> I think we're we're all spot on about the hormones, you know? Uh-huh, it's that time. You are going crazy, you know? You just are like, what's life? What's life? I need something to do. Mm-hmm. And they've had nothing but to churn their butter. Yeah. You mm. know? <laughs> Accurate. Poor, poor girls. So, uh, so the local doctor came in, and he, um, as the Puritan, as he, you know, the Puritan he was, decided... This has got to be supernatural, and this has to be the devil's work as well. You know, the Uh, devil is present and it is here in Salem, Massachusetts. It has been decided. So, the town was going crazy at this point, and another girl at Ann Putnam, she was age Mm -hmm. 11, she started doing some weird stuff too. So, they were like, What is going on? We need answers. Oh my god. Is someone on the roof? Is what someone on the roof? But really, what was that? It sounded like it was coming from... Are we... Are the dogs in there? No, they're outside. Oh, is it the raccoon? They're a raccoon. There's a raccoon, but it sounded like a knock on the door or something. Oof. All right, anyway. I'm sweating. <sighs> what was happening in okay. Salem? Tell us more. So, Anne... And started going crazy. And they they needed answers. They were like, we got all these little girls running around acting wild. Ugh. We can't settle them down. What's happening? And, you know, the girls, being 11, 10, 9, 8, whatever, <laughs> were like, it's not us, you know? We don't want to be blamed for this. So we're going to put it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Devil. Maybe... Even somebody we hate in the town. I don't know. That's my thought. But they said, they said these three women, Tituba, Tituba, good. Yes, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. Tituba, which was actually Samuel Paris's slave, so she lived probably around Elizabeth and Abigail. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah Good, who uh-huh. was just a local homeless poor woman Ugh. beggar she's so sad and then sarah osborne who was just an elderly poor woman who was in the town Ugh. they just decided they that these the were the splints. women to blame for our fits and our outbursts you know my thought is they were mean girls they were mean girls yeah 1692 yeah. mean girls Ugh. to be blaming their actions wow, wow. anywho so they the three women that were to blame were um taken to uh taken to the court mm. and um sarah both sarah's sarah good sarah osborne both yeah. decided that I mean, they both claimed they were innocent, obviously. They did nothing. They were like, I don't even know these girls. Actually, I do. I yell at them all the time. Stop running in my lawn. Stop running in my daisies, maybe, you know? Who knows? But they she didn't. Actually, the Sarahs probably didn't have daisies. They probably had nothing. They probably had nothing. Corn. <laughs> 
Anyways, they were like, we didn't do it, okay? We don't know why these little girls are going crazy, but it's not us. However, Tituba, did I say it right? Tituba. Yes. Tituba. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I did. I did do it. The devil's inside me. He's real. And he's coming for all you Puritans. Because <laughs> she... <laughs> Oof. Tituba had enough, y'all. She was like, this shit's crazy. And all y'all's asses are gone. Because there's witches. It's real. There's witches inside us. And and we're coming for you. Yeah. So, she didn't want to deal with the mean girls. No, she, she didn't. Up against them. Or their fathers. She was like, forget you guys. They're <laughs> going down. So, obviously, the town went crazy. They were like, oh my gosh, Tichua is telling us <laughs> there are witches amongst us. They signed this deal with the devil. They're coming. They were like, this is this is not happening. And so they started accusing people left and right, y'all. They were yeah. like, you're a witch, you're a witch, you're a witch, you know? Mostly people they didn't like. Do you think we would have been accused as of witch- being witches? I do love the gossip. <laughs> she would have been the first accused. <laughs> I would have been the first knocked off. I think I would be accused because I'm a little... Weird and wild. Yeah. So yeah. That's You're just a bit out of the ordinary. Right. Mm-hmm. So anything unconventional exactly. was gonna get tossed in the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm a redheaded person. Ooh, so. you're, yeah. <laughs> You'd be the first to go. I think ah! that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I'm I'm like a I'm like a Bridget Bishop, who was a uh, I know her. Yeah, she was one of the ones in the town. Yeah. She was a promiscuous and greedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Those are bad adjectives, but I feel I could I could have been was perceived. She a good time. She was just trying to have a good time. She was probably hanging out at the local at the local pubs. Yeah. Drinking the brewskis with the boys. Yeah. And the next thing you know, and she the next was thing you know, a you're a witch. No, she, rude, rude, it's unfair. But well, finally, y'all, because this only lasted a year, the witch trials, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe, but actually not because. It did go by quickly, but <laughs> not for those who were there at the time, though. It's, no, it felt it like dragging on. it felt like a whole lifetime. But finally, Mister Cotton Mathers, mm-hmm. a local minister in town, was like, "I've had enough. Somebody's on the roof. It's the raccoon." Okay, y'all, Cotton. <laughs> we're back to Cotton. Yeah, Cotton's had enough. And him with Governor Phoebus, who was the governor of Salem. Phoebus? Yes. I think that's how you pronounce it. Phoebus. It sounds right, but it's just well, new to his me. His wife ended up getting accused. And he was like, F <sighs> that, y'all. Now you're getting crazy. You know, don't take my honey on my bed. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so he was like, Cotton, let's go. Let's stop this. They ended up putting out some, you know, laws and declarations that, like, you cannot accuse people of being a witch because it's not a thing. Shut the shit down. And they let the people go that were imprisoned for that year, that were up for death row. Ugh. Literally, it was death row. Death row because they had, let's see, they had 15 women hanged, four men hanged, and one guy was just smashed. Giles Corey. Yeah. He was pressed to death. He was pressed to death, which is crazy to think about. 
Panini. <laughs> no. Nah. I love paninis. Central Market paninis. It wasn't so. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after that, in 1702, it was done. Witch trials were declared unlawful. It was over. Wow. And really, Salem's pretty much known mostly for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was chaos. How could you live that down? No. I mean, in in the, in the 60s, they did a little study of, like, the land and the agriculture, and apparently... I'm going to kill this raccoon. It's a crazy raccoon. <laughs> That's... But apparently the there's like this this wheat, this rye that was being grown there and the grasses that they would digest maybe may like would have caused like some teenagers to act a little wonky. Some funky stuff. But I'm still going with the hormones. Maybe a combination. Maybe a lethal combo. Uh, the, maybe. the rye and the hormones. Mm-mm. I just know that those girls were bored. Of course. You know? They were like, what are we going to do to get some action going in this freaking town? And they were like, those Sarahs, hate them. (laughs) Tijuba? Hate her. Hate her. Let's go. Rude. Well, I would assume all those people dying is kind of a big factor in all of the hauntings. Absolutely. That's what I think. Or do you think it's just that people love... A spooky story, and they're like, all these spooky things happen, so I mean, we're gonna make some shit up. I don't know. It's hard to say. There's a place called Gallows Hill. Yeah. That's where they all were hanged, so mm-hmm. I hear shit pops off there. I've heard it pops. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. I don't remember. There was a devastating fire one time, too. I'll talk about that a little, good, too. Good, good, yeah. good, good. In in the ghost land. So I've got some ghost stories for you guys. Ugh, and I, I hope love. you're ready because this is so much information. We have to split it up into two episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. We didn't. But, but there will be two Salem episodes. There might be more in the future because There's the stories bad. just keep coming and coming. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm going to start at the Hawthorne Hotel in Salem. Obviously, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So it's famous for Kylie. You're gonna like this spectral hands uh, that touch what? ghosts. <laughs> that touch the ghosts. <laughs> that touch the guests in room three twenty five, mm. as oh, well oh. as a phantom child who won't quit crying, which is an absolute nightmare to me. <laughs> um, along with your other typical bumps in the night. The sixth floor is also noted for the apparition of a woman who's seen roaming the halls and occasionally in rooms. There's always a woman. Mm-hmm. No yeah. no place that's haunted can escape a woman. Well, we are 50%. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like there were fewer women back in the day. Were there? True or false? I have no idea, but I'm going to say yeah, true. Anyway, so... At present, the management doesn't believe the hotel to be haunted, and TAPS, from Ghost Hunters, um, did an investigation, and they found nothing. But that doesn't stop people from believing, and on occasion, experiencing the paranormal. Such as a guest who stayed on the sixth floor where the woman is said to be. 
It said, we did experience something odd in room 610 immediately after turning off the lights around 11 p.m. There was a very loud sound in the room, which made both of us sit straight up in bed. We thought someone had opened up the door, but no one was there. The door was closed and no one was in the hallway. We looked around the room to see if something had fallen, but nothing had. The only way we could recreate the sound was by swinging the metal safety lock open really hard against the door frame, the kind that hotels use now in place of chain locks. It kind of freaked me out, but it didn't feel or we didn't feel threatened. I guess they just wanted to get our attention. So, mm. room 610. If you go there, someone might be banging on your door. You might see the lady. We don't know yet. Very spooky. Yeah. Another hotel. The Salem Inn. Kylie, have you been to any of these? I have not been to the Salem Inn, but okay. the Hawthorne Hotel. I think I've been to an event there. Yes, they do the host events. Downstairs. Ah. So it's right downtown. I'm assuming that's this is this hotel's related to Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hawthorne, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not his old house. No, that's no, no, the no. Seven Gables. Well, I don't think he it's lived right there. The okay, okay. So when was the well, hotel the built? That I don't know. Okay, cool. I think the Seven Gables was a niece or a, a someone else's house, not his. But I think we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. So, also, if you've been to any of these places, give us a shout, because we'd love to know. So, the Salem Inn, again, the owners don't believe the tales of the haunts, but there are no less than four that are thought to be there. Mm -hmm. So, the first is a woman that the staff has named Catherine. Mm, Classic name. Yeah. The second... (laughs) Yes, Katie, as as we call her nowadays. Uh, The second is a little boy who can be heard running up and down the stairs and through the halls, why do kids always want to wreak havoc in life and death? Because they're bored. Oh, God. <laughs> um, there's an apparition of a cat, which haunts the parlor. Cats, oh. too. Yeah. You know, have we, have, has anybody seen a ghost dog? I haven't. No, not yet. I haven't. All dogs go to heaven, right? They do. <laughs> <laughs> um, also at the Salem Inn, room 17 is noted for lots of strange noises, but you might experience those in any of the rooms of the Captain West house. Mm. He was, or this is a seven or a 19th century mansion of some architectural note, the oldest of the five buildings which make up the Salem Inn. And then finally, mm. the last and final ghost that the people talk about. She's in that room 17. Um, a, a psychic came and said that the room was haunted by a woman named Elizabeth, who was Mm. abused and killed by her husband in that room. According to the psychic and guest accounts, she doesn't typically like it when men stay in that room, sometimes taunting them by making lots of noise in the closet or letting her footsteps be heard. But don't let that scare you. Legend has it that if you leave a glass of liquor for Elizabeth, she'll be happy enough to leave you alone. (laughs) That'll do it. Same. So... (laughs) Um, guests have experienced everything from images of her in the room to the sensation of being sat on. What? I don't like it. On um, their face? <laughs> I don't know where she sits on them. Um, they're unable to get out of bed when she sits on them. It's, it's when they don't leave the liquor. Yeah. And then the innkeeper also reports that this room is notoriously colder than the other rooms, no matter how hard they try to control the temperature. Again and again, ghosts messing with the temperatures. We know. Classic. Classic. Yeah. So here we are at the House of the Seven Gables. Okay. Which is haunted by its former owner, 
Um, so it was built by Sea Captain John Turner in 1668, and three de- generations of the Turner family lived there before it was sold. The new owner, Captain Samuel Ingersoll. Are these all sea captains? Because I love a good sea captain. There's a lot of sea captains. And they're right on the coast. That's true. why I love it. There are many <laughs> sea captains. Um, but Mr. Ingersoll eventually left the house to his daughter, Susanna, who was a cousin of Nathaniel Hawthorne. Ah. Um, his visits to her house were what inspired him to write The House of the Seven Gables. See, he loved it, too. So he didn't live there, but he did visit often and had experiences there even at the time. So today, it's said that Susanna's ghost can still be seen wandering the halls and looking out the windows... Ghosts love to look out windows. They do. They want to know what's going on. Um, strange sounds are heard, and the ghost of a friendly child reportedly lives in the attic. I don't know what makes him friendly, but... And oh. whose child is he? Who is he, and why is he so friendly? Suzanne. Hmm. I don't like it. Um, the house is now a museum, so you can make your own ghost hunting visit if you dare. Um, some guests of one tour said they saw a rocking chair going back and forth. And then they were, like, checking it for wires. They were suspicious. They found nothing. But everyone on the tour saw it, so. So it had to, so it had to be real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the people there love liquor, apparently, because the local liquor store is haunted by Prohibition-era ghosts. Have you heard of the bunghole, Kylie? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so, my favorite place to get a drink. The liquor, liquor store. store. Yeah. You can, oh. you can take them to go. Um, if you, you can t- take them to yeah. go. You have t-shirts. They have t-shirts if uh, you guys want some. It's a popular place. Yeah. They say if you've passed through Salem or Peabody. Peabody. um, Peabody. You may have have noticed bunghole liquors and had a good laugh. Ugh. You may have. Um, But the funny name actually comes from the liquor store's prohibition history. Back then, the building was a funeral home. Ugh. Ugh. And the owner ran a speakeasy in the basement where dead bodies were embalmed. Wait, wait. So, <laughs> so they were chilling with their liqueur. Yeah, next to next, next old to granny the, to the dead yeah. bodies. Yeah, that, so, so this crazy. fucking raccoon. I'm sorry, y'all, but it is going nuts. Wild. I wonder if people can hear it. I'm gonna sue him. Honest. Get him, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever thought it was a good idea to. S- be drinking next to these embalmed bodies was not clearly thinking, but Psycho. the slang for this secret drinking spot was the bunghole, and people would say, will I see you at the bunghole tonight? Wow. Yeah. Taking shots of formaldehyde. From the bunghole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the regulars said that if Prohibition was ever lifted, the owner should turn the place into a liquor store, and that's exactly what happened in 1933. So, there it is today. Today it said that spirits still look in the store because there were dead bodies in the basement at one point, and a female ghost in particular roams behind the wine racks, and a feline ghost haunts the <gasps> shop. Cats? So wow. you Salem has all the cats, all the ladies, all the liquor, is what I... <laughs> what more could you need? So, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, have you ever been to Wicked Good Books, Kylie? In Salem? That's what they say. I don't think so. All, All right. right. Wicked, good. Wicked book, good books. Yep. Cute. Very yes. cute. So <laughs> <laughs> there were underground tunnels that were discovered there when they were renovating. Um, it occupies the space that was formerly Derby Square Bookstore. Uh-huh. 
You heard of it? Derby Square. All right. So, during renovations, the tunnels were discovered beneath the store, which connected to a warehouse in Derby Square. According to a Salem tour guide, the tunnels were used to smuggle goods and people. Mm. Yeah. For and what? <laughs> Slavery. Yeah, uh, if I had to guess. Um, they also found evidence of human remains inside the tunnels, and it's believed that two runaway slaves were entombed there, where their spirits still reside. Oof. Hmm. Yeah. So, that's at the bookstore. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, we're all get, we're, we're gonna all have to gonna visit go. all of these yep. hot spots. Wicked hot spots. Yeah, the Derby waterfront mm-hmm. has a haunted maritime past. The people say. In the late 17th century, the strip of taverns, taverns, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm having trouble with V's and B's today, the strip of taverns on Derby Street across from Derby Wharf became the go-to place for illegal activity. Sailors and sea captains visiting Salem used underground tunnels to make their way to brothels in the red light district. Uh It's also rumored that they used the tunnels to kidnap people. (laughs) Mm. This town was full of cray, bad shit. Yeah. Um, today, the stretch of Derby Street is still home to cafes and taverns, including the Witch's Brew. The spirits of old sailors linger. Uh, their disembodied voices can be heard floating through the air. In sightings of pirates mysteriously emerging from the water. Ugh. Like, what would you I do if you too. saw a crusty old pirate coming out of the water? I would go towards it, probably. I would not. So yeah, I'm. I love a ghost. Have you guys ever seen the ghost in Mrs. Muir? Ugh. No. What is that? Do they fall it in is love? a classic '40s movie with a ghost seaman in Jean Tierney. She she moves into his house off the off the east coast, and and he and it's a beautiful big tall house that has a lighthouse near it, and oh my goodness, they fall in love. Rex Rex Harrison. So this, the is, this is your fantasy. This is my fantasy. Yeah. To wow. be alone the rest of my life with a semen ghost. Wasn't there a woman wow. who married a, like, 500-year-old pirate ghost? Probably. That'll be me. It's gonna be Emily. Oh, God. I hope I get invited to the wedding. Yeah. For sure. We'll be in his old, gigantic coastal abode. Maybe Salem is the ne- next place you need to live. I think so. I'm telling you. Yeah. Massachusetts. all right and alas before the next episode where i will tell more stories of ghosts turner seafood formerly the lyceum have you ever heard of it kylie uh no all right well it's haunted by a woman in white which Mm. is Ah. a typical haunting in 1692 the first woman accused during the salem witch trials bridget bishop yeah as emily mentioned earlier on the land where Turner's Seafood now sits. According to local legend, the restaurant is haunted by a woman in a long white dress from the 17th century. So, and it's of probably, she probably would Bridget. still be around. Yeah. She was the gossip queen yeah. who just wanted to have fun. Yeah. Some have seen her reflection in the mirrors and believe she messes with electrical equipment inside the restaurant. Um, this was where her orchard was, so... She's probably still hanging around. Eating apples. Eating apples. Crunching and munching. Checking out the men. Yeah. So, that that's what I have for you this time around. Very cool. Very cool. Lots of women, cats, and liquor. 
And witches. And witches. Classic. Although they don't seem to be haunting anybody. So. No, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Tichuba. We, uh, she didn't come back. Yeah. And now we have Jess's story, and I think she actually talks about the Prohibition era, era a little she bit. She does. Ooh! I can't wait to hear all about it. Yes. So, as I mentioned before, I think, um, Jess is one of my childhood best friends. She, I was in her wedding two years ago. She just yeah. had an adorable baby. Uh. But she has lived in Salem for the past six years, uh, and she wrote in. So I will read her email. Can okay, you well, tell us the title? Because I really loved oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure. So I don't know if you guys remember from the first episode, uh, Emily, and I think Alyssa called me a wildcat. Mm. <laughs> and it, it's sticking she it's is it's our wildcat. <laughs> so the title, the subject line of this email is Spooky Times from Wildcat's Childhood Homie. Happy face. <laughs> Lover. Hi, ladies. Congrats on creating your podcast. I really enjoyed listening to the first episode and hope this content helps in any way. I'll start by saying that it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I actually realized that some of my experiences had been of the paranormal genre. Mm. Mm. At that point of discovery, I gained some more intuitive notions that I'm able to see or feel more than others. I say see in less of a visual way, but more so as a feeling of presence. My first experience happened when I was about 12 years old. I had lost my maternal grandmother about a year prior, and her image had popped into my head randomly during that day. That night, I tucked myself into bed and listened to my radio on Magic 106.7 to fall asleep. Represent. And then she wrote in parentheses, Kylie, you may explain this bedtime magic to the people. So, Magic 106.7. <laughs> bedtime magic is a radio station on the East Coast in Massachusetts, and they play some soothing hits okay. throughout the decades. Songs that are going to help you go to sleep. Yeah, and bedtime magic. Ni- exactly. And Very have some cool. nice dreams. Is yeah. it bedtime magic all day or is it just in the evening? Just in the evening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they what? need to rebrand. Listen in the car. What's, a, what's the magic during the day? It's, it's, uh, it's also magic. throughout the decades, but it's more some hits. Okay. To put some pep in your step. Yeah, yeah. So in the day, they're keeping you awake, and at night, they're putting you to sleep. It's a nice mix of, you know, current songs, Mm. but also some throwbacks. Okay. It's a a good radio So, like, a Bob FM in Austin. Mm -hmm. We'd all be a fan. Pretty similar. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, there's 12-year-old Jess. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I was woken up randomly by my stereo having its volume elevated just enough for me to realize it and wake up and look around my room. I got up to turn the stereo down and got back under my covers. It was then that I saw a dark figure standing at the end of my bed. No. Right? I suddenly sat up and rubbed my eyes to try to fix what I was seeing. My house is typically shadowy from streetlights and it wasn't abnormal for my mind to wander, but the image I was seeing wasn't going away. I began to randomly smell a familiar scent of perfume and flowers, only to realize it was the smell of my grandmother's house. I looked again at the end of my bed, and the figure was gone. 
Frozen, I tried to close my eyes as tightly as possible, and I drifted back off to sleep. I then dreamt of my Nana telling me that she loved me. I forgot about this until I was an adult, probably because it was fearful. And I realized later that I had been visited by my grandmother. And it then occurred to me that her visit was around the year mark of her passing. Oh, that's really sweet, actually. I know. <sighs> Grandma's. Nana was just saying hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love my grandma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you love your grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, back to the email. My next experience came later. After allowing myself to recognize that I was able to feel more spiritual presences than most. Anytime I felt anything and it made me uncomfortable, I'd simply ask whoever was near me to kindly go fuck thyself. And whether or not this worked, it did make me feel better. That's going to be my new go-to. Honestly, I was going to say that. Go fuck thyself. Go fuck thyself. (laughs) Instantly feel better. I lived in several different apartments around Salem. Some are definitely more touched by spirits than others. Nope. (laughs) I lived in one apartment building that was constructed only steps from the hillside, Gallows Hill, where most of the witches were hanged during the trials. Damn. Why would you pick that spot, girl? (laughs) Now, to backtrack a little, it's fair to say that I have always hated basements and even would go as far as calling my sister on the phone when I had to go down into one. One particular apartment, basement, made me feel super sick. And I mean full-on sweats, nausea, dizzy, sick. The washer and dryer were located here, and I hated doing laundry. My eyes were always drawn to one specific corner of the basement. There had been items left behind, owned by previous tenants. One thing I always noticed in particular was a rocking chair fit for a small child. It was the standard image, dusty, covered in cobwebs. I always hated it, and I stayed far away. (laughs) One night, I was feeling a little extra ballsy... (laughs) and brought my now-husband downstairs with me. He doesn't quite believe in this type of thing as much, or maybe he's just afraid of what he'll find out. Either way, his confidence made me feel better, so we went to explore the creepy corner of the basement. (laughs) Hmm. Once we got there, I got this sick feeling again. I told him I was ready to run back upstairs, but he made me stay to check it out anyway. I think he was trying to ease my mind that nothing weird was going on. As I inspected this area of the basement, I noticed on the walls that there were symbols etched up and down one corner. Symbols should never be etched. Exactly. Okay. And even some weird scratch marks and some swastikas. Uh The symbols in particular give me such panic when I think of them still to this day, even having left the apartment years ago. I don't know what they meant, and I wouldn't even photograph them to try to compare them to something in a book to find out what they were. The very thought of this place still gives me the chills. Upon conversation with friends who were more interested in Salem's history, I came to find out that during the Prohibition period, people would have rooms in their house where they would secretly make alcohol. House inspectors would often come to make sure house owners were complying with the laws, and they wouldn't see anything due to a sliding door that would block the entrance to the room where they were fermenting and distilling the alcohol. 
Mm-hmm. So this basement, looking back, had the sliding door and a big cement room behind it that was completely vacant. So I'm pretty sure that's what that was, and that whoever was there during that time had something to do with the horrifying shit all over it. <laughs> you want she your was own bunghole? Living she in the knows. history, yep. yeah. Ghost I mean, and Mrs. Muir, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's obsessed. I love it. <sighs> all right. My final story is of a lighter nature. I recently gave birth to a little boy. Disclaimer. So cute. I've seen pictures. He's so cute. Uh, I have to see. Yeah. And he will always look to the same area in our new apartment. Every now and again, I will feel a breeze. Behind it will be the scent of my grandmother's house again. I'm not a very religious person, but I take that as her being a guardian angel of sorts, and her knowing that I know she's there watching us. I still feel stuff all around me in Salem. Being a resident now for over six years, I have come to love the eerie feelings. I welcome their presence, and I try to remind myself that these spirits may have been trapped somewhere and that their intention is rarely harmful. Just some lost souls wandering their last residences. Ah. I hope this makes for some good content. Any new stories I can think of, I will be sure to write in. XOXO, Jess. Aww. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you, so, Jess. I think the piece about her grandmother is so incredibly sweet. Especially Just, her having the ability to smell. The smells. That's, I love that. Yeah. That's also so, that's another it's level. so specific. And that is how some spirits choose to show themselves. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that... Yeah. Also the fact that her baby, I think, is communicating with her grandmother in some way... Precious. ...is really, really sweet. Yeah. yeah Grandma's Ghosts, still around checking on you. Yeah. Ghosts mm-hmm. don't have to be spooky. They can be sweet. Right. Speaking of smells, I just wanted to let everybody know... You they, thought um, it. <laughs> I thought it. <laughs> the Emily Morgan, the uh, 14th floor does smell very, very strong. Yeah, Emily... Emily just stopped by the Emily Morgan from our second episode. Second episode, yes. And she smelled the smells of formaldehyde. So smell is a real thing. Oof. For sure. Ugh. It was, yeah, it was bad. It was very strong. And you'd think that over time they could have gotten rid of that. So it's got... Something's... Something spooky has to be going on, Something bringing that scent spooky. back. That's all I have to say. Yeah, but that was very cool, Salem. Oh, so cool! I can't wait to hear more about Salem next week. I know. And uh, we're definitely going to post some pics of some of the hot spots on our Instagram at the Golden Ghouls. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also email us your stories at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at gmail they can be from anywhere. You can even just say, hey, I want to hear about this place or this theme. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do some research. We'll try to get some stories. Yeah. I'd say so. And go subscribe to our iTunes, guys. Yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. Please. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Yeah. And your ghost. Exactly. So I think we'll just see you guys next time. Until then, stay spooky. Boo!